Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord God, for February 23rd. Today's reading, Leviticus chapter 14, 1 through 57. Lord, we ask you, Jesus, Jehovah Rofi, Jehovah our shepherd, Jehovah our banner, Jehovah Tiskinu, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Jireh, everything in Jesus. Amen. Okay, honey, I will go ahead and read. Okay. Leviticus. And the Lord said to Moses. Leviticus what? I said 14, oh. 1 through 57. Oh, we would have been listening. Huh? <laughs> okay. Okay. And the Lord said to Moses, The following instructions are for those seeking ceremonial purification from a skin disease. Those who have been healed must be brought to the priest who will examine them at a place outside the camp. If the priest finds that someone has been healed of a serious skin disease, the he will perform a purification ceremony using two live birds that are ceremony clean, a stick of cedar, some scarlet yarn, and a hyssop branch. The priest will order that the one bird be slaughtered over a clay pot filled with fresh water. He will take the live bird, the cedar stick, the scarlet yarn, and the hyssop branch and dip them into the blood of the bird that was slaughtered over the fresh water. The priest then will sprinkle the blood of the dead bird seven times on the person being purified of the skin disease. When the priest has purified the person, he will release the live bird in the open field to fly away. The person being purified must then wash their clothes, shave off all their head, and bathe themselves in water. Then they will be ceremony clean and may return to the camp. However, they must remain outside their tents for seven days. On the seventh day, they must again shave all their hair from their heads, including the, the hair of the beard and eyebrows. They must also wash their clothes and bathe themselves in water. Then they will be ceremony clean. On the eighth day, each person being purified must bring two male lambs and a one-year-old female lamb, all with no defects along with a grain offering of six quarts, a choice flour moistened with olive oil, and a cup of olive oil. Then the officiating priest will present that person for purification along with the offering before the Lord at the entrance of the tabernacle. The priest will take one of the male lambs and the olive oil and present them as a guilt offering lifting them up as a special offering before the lord he will then slaughter the male lamb in the sacred area where sin offering and burnt offerings are slaughtered as with the sin offering the guilt offering belongs to the priest it is a most holy offering the priest will then take some of the blood of the guilt offering and apply it to the lobe of the right ear the thumb of the right hand and the big toe of the right foot of the person being purified. 
Then the priest will pour some of the olive oil into the palm of his own left hand. He will dip his right finger into this his palm and sprinkle it some with his finger seven times before the Lord. The priest would will then apply some of the oil of his palm over the blood uh, from, from the, the guilt offering that is on the lobe of the right ear, the thumb of the right hand, and the big toe of the right foot of that person being purified. The priest will apply the oil remaining in the hand of the head of the person being purified. Though through this process, the priest will purify the person before the Lord. Then the priest must present the sin offering to purify the person who was cured of the skin disease. After that, the priest will slaughter the burnt offering and offer it on the altar. Along with the grain offering, through this process, the priest will purify the person who was healed and the person will be ceremony clean. Ceremonially. Ceremonially. But anyone who is too poor and cannot afford the offering may bring one male lamb for a guilt offering to be lifted up as a special offering for purification. That person must also bring two quarts of choice flour moistened with olive oil for the grain offering and a cup of olive oil. The offering must also include two turtle doves or two young pigeons, whichever the person can afford. One of the pair must be used for the sin offering and the other for a burnt offering. On the eighth day of the purification ceremony, the person being purified must bring the offering to the priest in the Lord's presence at the entrance of the tabernacle. The priest will take the lamb for the guilt offering along with the olive oil and lift them up as a special offering to the Lord. Then the priest will slaughter the lamb for the guilt offering. He will take some of his blood and apply it to the lobe of the right ear, the thumb of the right hand, and the big toe of the right foot of the person being purified. The priest will also pour some of the olive oil into the palm of his own left hand. He will dip his right finger into the oil in his palm and sprinkle some of it seven times before the Lord. The priest will then apply some of the oil in his palm over the blood from the guilt offering. That is on the lobe of the right ear, the thumb of the right hand, and the big toe of the right foot of the person being purified. The priest will apply the oil remaining in his hand to the head of the person being purified. Through this process, the priest will purify the person before the Lord. Then the priest will offer the two turtle doves or two young pigeons, whichever the person can afford. One of them is for a sin offering. A sin offering. And the other for burnt offering to be presented along with the grain offering. Through this process, the priest will purify the person before the Lord. These are the instructions for purification to those who have recovered from a serious skin disease, but who cannot afford to bring the offering normally required for the ceremony of purification. Then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, When you arrive in Canaan, the land I am giving you as your own possession, I may, contam I may contaminate some of the houses in your land with mildew. I may contaminate some of the houses in your land with mildew. The owner of, of such a house must then go to the priest and say, It appears that my house has some kind of mildew. 
before the priest goes in to inspect the house, he must have the house emptied so nothing inside will be pronounced ceremony unclean. Then the priest will go in and examine the mildew on the walls. If he finds greenish or reddish streaks on the contamination appear to go deeper than the wall surface, the priest will step outside the door and put the house in quarantine for seven days. On the seventh day, the priest must return for another inspection. If he finds that the mildew on the walls of the house has spread, the priest must order that the stones from those areas be removed. The contaminated material will then be taken outside the town to an area designated as ceremonial clean. Next, the inside walls of the entire house must be scraped thoroughly and the scrapings dumped in the unclean place outside the town. Other stones will be brought in to replace the ones that were removed and the walls will be replastered. But if the mildew reappears after all the stones have been replaced and the house has been scraped and replastered, the priest must return and inspect the house again. If he finds that the mildew has spread, the walls are clearly contaminated with a serious mildew and the house is defiled. It must be torn down and all the stones and timbers and plasters must be carried out of town to the place designated as Sonmori Unclean. Those who enter the house during the period of quarantine will be ceremonially unclean until evening, and all who sleep, eat, or eat in the house must wash their clothing. But if the priest returns for this inspection and finds that the mildew has not reappeared in the house after the fresh plastering, he will pronounce it clean because the mildew is clearly gone. To purify the house, the priest must take two birds, a stick of cedar, some scarlet yarn and a hyssop branch. He will slaughter one of the birds over a clay pot filled with fresh water. He will take the cedar stick, the hyssop branch, and the scarlet yarn and the live bird and dip them into the blood of the slaughtered bird and into the fresh water. Then he will sprinkle the house seven times. And <clears throat> when the priest has purified the house in exactly this way, he will release the bird in the open field outside the town. Through this process, the priest will purify the house and it will be ceremonially clean. These are the instructions for dealing with serious skin disease, including scabby scores and mildew, whether on clothing or in a house, and a swelling on the skin, a rash or discolored skin. The procedures will determine whether a person or object is ceremonially clean or unclean. These are the instructions regarding skin disease and mildew. Okay. Mark chapter 6, verse 30 to 56. The apostles returned to Jesus from their ministry tour and told him all they had done and taught. Then Jesus said, Let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. So they left by, the bo by boat for a quiet place where they could be alone. But many people recognized them and saw them leaving. And people from many towns ran ahead along the shore and got <laughs> there ahead of them. 
Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat and had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. Late in the afternoon his disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place. It is already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the nearby farms, villages, and buy something to eat. But Jesus said, You feed them. With what? they asked. We'd have to work for months to earn enough money to buy food for all these people. How much bread do you have? he asked. Go and find some. They came back and reported, We have five loaves of bread and two fish. Then Jesus told the disciples to have the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat in groups of fifty or a hundred. Jesus took the five loaves and the two fish, looked up toward heaven, and blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread to the disciples so they could distribute it to the people. He also divided the fish for everyone to eat. Share. Share. They all ate as much as they wanted. And afterwards, the disciples picked up twelve baskets leftover bread and fish. A total of 5,000 men and their families were fed from those loaves. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and head across the lake to Bethesda, Bethsaida. While he sent the people home, after telling everyone goodbye, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Late that night, the disciples were in their boat in the middle of the lake, and Jesus was alone on land. He saw that they were in serious trouble, rowing hard and struggling against the wind and waves. About three o'clock in the afternoon, Jesus came in toward... In the morning, then. Uh, at, <laughs> <laughs> at about three o'clock in the morning... Jesus came toward, well don't give me any tea, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. He intended to go past them, but when they saw him walking on the water, they cried out in terror, thinking he was a ghost. They were all terrified when they saw him. But Jesus spoke to them at once, don't be afraid, he said. Take courage, I am here. Then he climbed into the boat and, he, and the wind stopped. They were totally amazed for they still didn't understand the significance of the miracle of the loaves. Their hearts were too hard to take it in. After they had crossed the lake, they landed at Gennesaret. They brought the boat to shore and climbed out. 
The people recognized Jesus at once and they ran throughout the whole area carrying sick people on mats to whoever they they heard he was, to wherever they heard he was. Whether he went in villages, cities, or the countryside, they brought the sick out to the marketplaces. They begged him to let the sick touch at least the fringe of his robe. And all who touched him were healed. Amen. Okay, Psalms. Surrender your circumstances to the faithfulness of a great God. Meditate on the will and justice of God. Okay, Psalm 41 to 10 says, I waited patiently for the Lord to help me, and he turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. He's given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see, many will see what he's done and be amazed. They will put their trust in the Lord. Oh, the joys of those who trust in the Lord, who have no confidence in the proud, or in those who worship idols. O Lord my God, you have performed many wonders for us. Your plans for us are too numerous to list. You have no equal. Amen. You have no equal, Lord. No one equals you. Beautiful. If I tried to recite all your wonderful deeds, I would never come to the end of them. You take no delight in sacrifices or offerings now that you've made me listen. I finally understand. You don't require burnt offerings or sin offerings. Then I said, look, I've come as it as is written about me in the scriptures. I take joy in doing your will, my, my God, for your instructions are written in my heart. I told all your people about your justice. I've not been afraid to speak out, as you, O oh Lord, well know. I have not kept the good news of your justice hidden in my heart. I have talked about your faithfulness and saving power. I have told everyone in the great assembly of your unfailing love and faithfulness. Amen. Proverbs 10, oh. 11 to 12. <laughs> the world, words of the godly are a life-giving fountain. Amen. The words of the wicked conceal violent intentions. Hatred stirs up quarrels, but love makes up for all the offenses. Amen to that, Lord. All right, let's start a commentary in the Old Testament. It's really interesting about the mildew. Uh -huh. You know, we've seen a lady have mildew in her house, remember, in a trailer uh -huh. park? Yes. And we told God to thank God about the situation. Right. And what happened? Uh, she got some kind of a settlement from a class action suit. Uh, for that very uh, uh, coincidence that we praise the Lord I thought I thank God for it and 
out of left field. They came and they tore it all out and they repaired the place. Yeah, and it was like $40,000. It was a lot of money. I think they she put got. a new roof on her too. She huh? came into a lot of money. It's a beautiful uh, story. But I think the significant thing about this is, uh, is the bird being killed over the fresh pot water. And then the cedar stick, the hyssop branch, the scarlet yarn, and the live bird, and dip them in the blood of the slaughtered bird and into the fresh water. So show, show me how they did. They had the, there was a live bird, and the live bird they dipped them into the blood of the other bird, and then the scarlet yarn. He would take a cedar stick, the hyssop branch, the scarlet yarn, and the live bird, and dip them into the blood of the slaughter bird and into the fresh water. Then he will sprinkle the house seven times. When the priest has purified the house in exactly this way, he will release the live bird in the open fields outside the town. Through this process, the priest will purify the house and it will ceremony. You know, there's a lot of uh, principles or chemistry in here that we don't see that's happening. The hyssop branch, we know what that does. That's just uh, kind of like a spreader. But the cedar stick and the scarlet yarn and, and the water, the water is like the radio station, the uh, intercom. It they dip it in the water, it's fresh water, and the water creates all those chemicals they're putting in there from the yarn, mm -hmm. from the cedar stick, the hyssop branch, and the other light bird, and it, and it creates a, a memory, it creates instructions. And then the guy takes takes and he sprinkles the house seven times with the hyssop stick, and it's got a little blood in it too, impressive thing. And then he lets the bird go into the open fields. You know, I really think that uh, it's amazing. You know, we all understand it when we get to heaven. That's why it's so important for us to uh, imagine the blood of Jesus, two and a half gallons, you know, on the table. Is here purified, power and blood, a, a whole a pitcher full of clean, fresh, pristine water, wonderful water. We imagine and we bless it, and then we imagine and we say the scripture to God, and imagine His provisions on top of the scriptures. You know, but His word proved true; He provides for us. Amen. He sure does. Okay, that's great. <laughs> it's really tea's excellent. Um, I, I thought that the cedar would, the hyssop. These are all things that seem to be represented at the at the at the cross. Are they? Well, the wood, the cross, right? I don't know if it's cedar or not. Okay. But the scarlet thread, I think, maybe represents the blood. Or you have blood, or you have the bird's blood. Mm -hmm. And but then you the have the water that also, came out from the side. Yeah, wasn't the hyssop given to him on the cross? 
Well, hyssop was a branch that you use it as a brush. Yeah. I don't know about the hyssop. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they used a hyssop branch to give him uh, yeah, sour wine. I thought there was something. But I thought there was a sponge too. But remember, this is Mark's Mark's story, and Mark is historically is known to have written it the last, and he's gotten information from other ones. The um, let's see what the Mark what the study says. Yeah. Mark writes that the disciples. Uh, what are we supposed to the commentary for the Leviticus? Or we're done. We're not going to read the study for the Leviticus. Why? Because it's very plain. Uh -oh. You want to go ahead and read it? Yeah, I'll read it. Okay. God's instruction helped the Israelites diagnose serious skin diseases and mildew. <laughs> this way they could avoid them or treat them. These Were you asleep when I was reading all that? <laughs> no, I got it. These laws protected the people's health and the community's stability. The people wouldn't have understood the medical reasons for some of these laws, but their obedience to them made them healthier. Beautiful. Many of God's laws must have seemed strange to the Israelites. Unlike any laws they they'd ever known for reasons they didn't understand. Still these resurrections restrictions, <laughs> restrictions <laughs> were for their good. Don't you feel like God's restrictions don't make sense sometimes? Do you ever wonder why obedience is so important in a certain area? God seems to have a good history of giving good counsel in every facet of life. Not only physical life, but also moral, spiritual, emotional, and even intellectual life. The Word of God still provides a pattern for healthy living. We may not always understand the wisdom of God's laws, but if we obey them, we will thrive. Okay, well, that's very good. You read it. Now, tell me, how does that apply, what you just read, when they talked about not to eat shrimp and uh, catfish and not to eat pig? How does that stand, bacon? How does that stand in the light of that? How do you bring it to the New Testament and say, well, um, well, I'll tell you how it stands. I think we should obey it and avoid, avoid any pork products, any uh, any stuff that doesn't have any scales and stuff like this. But normally people eat that outright the buy because it's not that big of a deal. Same price, same thing. And you know what about? I I understand that the the shark, for instance, doesn't have the fins. You know, but people do eat shark. And you know what the reason is because they're, they're mahi mahi is a shark, not a dolphin. I've been eating dolphin. Mahi mahi is dolphin. I think mahi mahi is dolphin. No, I don't want any more. I don't think so. Man. We don't eat dolphin in the United States. The Japanese do eat dolphin. 
Well, dolphin is like eating a, a German Shepherd. Well, mahi mahi, I thought was a dolphin. Well, we'll Google that. Yeah, we sure will. And we'll ask the Holy Spirit one or the yeah. other. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, what do you think about what you just read in the light of the piggies? It says right here that God's counsel, importance and good history, giving good counsel in every facet of life, not only physical life, but also moral, spiritual, and emotional, even intellectual. The Word of God still provides a pattern for healthy living. We may not always understand the wisdom of God's laws, but if we obey them, we will thrive. Yeah, um, I mean, there must be a good reason. That's all I can tell you. No, you better tell me more, girl, because you keep buying that bacon, babe. <laughs> well, for your people, your that's for, that was for your pancakes. Okay, but if we in the light of this, you tell your people we're having pancakes, we're having bacon. I'm only obeying what you tell me to do. Well, what else can we have other than bacon in a breakfast? What meat? Turkey sausage. Turkey sausages, very good. I like that. Chicken sausages. <laughs> How about ostrich? No ostrich. Yeah, ostrich is they don't want you eating yeah. it. But so you agree with me? So. But you can't agree the mildew and all this stuff if you can't include the piggy, because then it's 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 a double standard. We just read that God don't want you eating piggy, and you and then you read that He's giving us guidance to go by. And Jesus said, I come to fulfill it. You know, it might be that he did it that to, to test their obedience. You, you know, to see, if the, obedience? to see if they follow what he's saying to do to the I house. Why are there so many people sick in the United States? Eighty million people are overweight in the United States. Maybe a hundred million. And, you know. You know, well, I mean, because it doesn't make sense that God would contaminate it on purpose. Right? Well, that's another point, you know. We don't know. Maybe the person called it on themselves and God already knew that their way of thinking. Mm. You know, they were not appreciative of their walls or talking mm -hmm. to the stones. I appreciate your house. That, that almost calls for a... <laughs> commentary of some sort just to kind of better no, it understand doesn't. it we are the common we got the holy spirit inside of us holy spirit what do you think about this he says to move on to mark you're in the yeah. new testament those are for he old says why did, he says why didn't you listen to graham cook <laughs> i warned you i gave you the he info. says the old testament is for dead people and the new testament is for live people kenneth hagan said that you wanted to go through it. You wanted to because read Because you it. always make us read that. I do not always. Today read. you didn't want to. Another. Let's go to okay. Mark. I thought you would be more enthusiastic about yeah, the 5,000 fed. Okay. Okay, okay. You know, there's there's more about Jesus here. Well, you, I, just, you know, I, I wanted to know more about this mildew thing. Why, so why, why? would I do that? Why? why? What are you going to use it for? Okay. So what application? Then why am I reading it? We're reading it because we're looking for Jesus. Oh. 
That's right, right. Did you find it in the mildew? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, the only we thing agreed. Leviticus is telling me is that there's a lot of extensive sacrifices. Ah, you are a attorney family. Yeah. You're trying to bring it up. So there's just a lot of offering. It's very Can complicated. We move on? Can very we move complicated. On? Well, you for said, people you, to do these things. You said that. that we don't do that. Jesus has eliminated everything. Well, okay. the Old Testament, the offering process, it's just a lot. I understand that. We talked about that before. Okay, la, why do you ask my opinion? Mark 6.52. Drink your tea. I'm already done with the tea. I'm not going to drink anymore. Mark writes that the disciples' hearts were too hard to take it in. That's a really interesting point. Okay, what did, why did he say that his heart... Uh, would you read Mark 6.52 for me, please? Mark writes that the disciples' hearts were too hard to take it in. Now, why do you think their hearts were too hard? Well... Okay, it says right here, in other words, excuse me, the disciples didn't want to believe. Maybe they couldn't accept the fact that this human named Jesus was really the Son of God. Maybe they couldn't believe that the real Messiah would choose them to be his followers. Or maybe they still did not understand Jesus' reasons for coming to earth. Their disbelief took the form of misunderstanding. Their theories about Jesus' identity weren't ex explaining everything. Like walking on water, even after Jesus fed 5,000 people, they still refused to consider the one last possibility that Jesus was the Son of God. They could not take their final step of faith and believe if they had Jesus stroll across the lake would be made complete sense. <clears throat> Is your heart hardened against God? Even Christians can be hard-hearted to Him. Are you still trying to make sense of God using an old theory you have? If God just not making sense to you, maybe it's time to look at how you're trying to explain God. As you read this Bible, open yourself up to how God reveals Himself instead of trying to fit Him into your own expectations. And that brings a good point that you said earlier about obedience. Mm -hmm. You know, when God is silent, we obey. When the fruit is not here, we're like Habakkuk. We praise the Lord for the, you know, for the, we just consistently bring the glory of God into the, into the situation, you know, into our lack, if there is lack. Well, I think that um, this is a lot for them to look at. You know, I mean, they... This is, this is the only... Only Mark is the only one that says that their hearts were hard and they could not believe. Yeah. You know, I... They were amazed. I mean, say they right were after amazed. that, Peter jumped into the water. He believed. Mm-hmm. He believed. You know, he just... And the other, and the other reports, he believed. I know there was two, there was 4,000 men, maybe the one then, but the one that, uh, this one, this account, he doesn't say anything about Peter, right? Right. He, then he climbed into the boat, doesn't say anything about Peter. Not in this account, no. You know, uh, but the I other mean, one says they were terrified, so we, we have to understand that uh, they, were, they were writing this real fast. 
Well, I think the thing is, is there, you know, there, I don't know how many more miracles they saw before this, but these two are pretty major, if you, if you look at it. Well, yeah, I don't know, but us, maybe because they need the Holy Spirit in their hearts, and they already had went out and they returned from their ministry tour, they could have taken years or months and they have done taught. Yeah, they, they could have seen more things. Yeah, they, they would have believed with the authority they've been giving them. Yeah, then they've been seeing Jesus they were already operate. Believers, unless there were, the only thing I can think of is that. Because remember, in in Mark chapter five, they've been they've been seeing these miracles along the way, so this shouldn't really be. The only thing I can think of is when I work too hard and I am totally exhausted. You don't believe. You know, you just want, and it's three in the morning, and they've been, they were mm. totally scared, mm. and they're rowing all night and stuff. That's hard, huh? You know, so probably their, it was, it, their courage left them. Yeah. Their courage left yeah, them. Yeah, when you're tired and you're physically tired, and yeah. you don't, yeah, you know, it's interesting in this area, um, Wow, you know, it's almost like he's, Jesus is a celebrity, and people know, and they're following him. You know, they really, you know, at the beginning when it opens up, and it speaks of, you know, he wanted to get away by themselves so they could rest. He was looking to rest. And, um, you know, it, the people, it said for many towns, ran ahead along the shore and got ahead of them. And he had compassion on him. That's nice. That's a good point. He had compassion on him. Did you notice that they got away from the people so they can rest? That's what I said. Yeah. He just said that. And then he goes to the other side and there they are. And he had, he had, what did they say? They don't have a shepherd. Yeah, that's what I was going to get at. Is that without a The reason he had compassion on them is because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them and many things. That's where we come in. We come yeah. in as shepherds for him mm-hmm. and the people we talk to. You know, we just mm-hmm. give them principles that they can run on their own and mm-hmm. grow. Amen. Uh, but you know, I just wanted to make a point on the uh, five loaves. He blessed them. The original doesn't say he gave thanks. Right here, he blessed them. Mm-hmm. And he says he kept breaking them, and then he kept giving it to them. Mm-hmm. So apparently, they were multiplying in his hands. Right. So mm-hmm. he's probably seeing them in the spirit that were coming out of the air. You know. The moisture in the air was turning to bread. As long as he had the principle one, the elements were making a light copy of that. Um, everything and he did with the fish too because he also divided the fish for everyone to share too same thing like the bread you know he kind of probably broke it up the fish yeah. I like what he, I like the way he told them you feed them you do something you know he told them because I said send them away so they can go to a but, farm and eat something when Jesus said but it doesn't say uh, you feed that them. he was testing them like the other ones Mm-mm. did yeah right um, I want to signify uh, how much five loaves and two fishes. Okay, one man say he eats one loaf. Sounds a loaf sounds like a lot, right? Uh, one one guy eats one loaf and one fish, and he's got 
So in other words, he's got enough bread and fish if he multiplies it for 200 and, uh, 2,500 people for their families. So he multiply, multiplied it for about over 4,000 times the fish. He made about 4,000 loaves and about 4,000 fishes to feed everybody. Because he had two of these, so they had the big two. And they, and it says here they all ate as much as they wanted. In other words, what, what did I do today? Today I blessed a hundred dollar bill, right? And I blessed it and I multiplied it a thousand times. And a thousand times a hundred dollar bill is not ten thousand; it's a hundred thousand. And I blessed it, you know, for God's work. And you have faith, and you bless it, so like that. Mm-hmm. that you know, we multiply for God's work. To, so we can feed 5,000, right? We can yeah, easily feel, feel 5,000 with $100,000, right? Yeah. And we can eat as plenty as we want, too. There'll be so much, your money will go a long ways getting rice and beans and... Mm-hmm. Beautiful. So we're, we're going to pray with all our heart. I like... Anything else? Um... I like that, you know, he he went off by himself to pray, and it said, Late that night the disciples were in their boat in the middle of the lake, and Jesus was alone on the land, but he saw that they were in serious trouble, rowing hard, striving, I'm just, and struggling. And it was, it was about, um, against the wind and the waves, about three o'clock in the morning, he saw that they were really toiling. So he he intended to go past them, but when they saw him walking on the water, then they thought he was a ghost. But here's here's Jesus, three o'clock in the morning, concerned about them, and you know, just striving just to 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 get but through this storm. Why sleep, man? <laughs> I mean, what were they doing? You know, they were already exhausted to begin with. Right. And they came across the other side. Now they feed the 4,000 and they're, they're working. Now immediately Jesus tells them, go over to the other side. So now you know why their courage left them and their hearts could have been hardened. They haven't slept, you know. So it must have been already late, getting dark. And maybe they did try to fish, right? But 12 of them in one little boat must have been very crowded. Yeah. yeah, they were probably hungry by now. They had all the yeah. leftover food with them, the fish and stuff. Yeah, you're right. The hearts could have been just too tired to really take I mean, all this. They were in. exhausted. They yeah, were... I mean, I know when I'm exhausted, I like I'll be lying there and then I'll just all of a sudden I go, Jesus, you know, I just start blurting stuff out. I'm tired. Um, but here, you know, they, they thought he was a ghost. Well, look at it in Mark 16. And they cried out in terror. You know, when you're tired, you get up, you're like, that, you know, it scares you. Look at right here. And the apostles returned to Jesus from their ministry. They had just walked a long way. They had just come mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. They come back from different yeah. places. Uh-huh. And they told him all they Everything had done. Everything he done. Mm-hmm. Then Jesus says, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. He said this because there were so many people coming yeah. and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't have time to eat. So they yeah. left the boat. So 
they were already completely exhausted and said, man, this following Jesus is a lot of work. They get to the other side, they feed 5,000 people, they got to put bread, and then go out there and pick up all the loaves. Mm -hmm. They didn't let the people take the loaves, they picked up the leftovers. Uh -huh. You would think you would give it to the people, then let the people right away. Jesus, immediately after this, Jesus insisted that the disciples get back in the boat and head across the lake to Bethsaida while he sent the people home. After telling everyone goodbye, he went up to the hills by himself to pray. So let's say, for instance, he went up to the hill by 8 o'clock. He must have prayed for about five hours. Maybe he took a nap. <laughs> and he too get tired of his disciples. He just laid it, you know, and he sent yeah, them away. He needs some quiet time. <laughs> oh, but, but, you know, he went and uh, he rested. And he reinforced his spirit, right? Refreshing. Refreshing. Heavenly Father, Everybody we thank you for the reading of your yeah. word. There was one more point I had here. One more point. Yeah. Um, okay, so that was at number... Is that a, is that a, that is that a revelation or no, an it, observation? Um, I don't know. just thought it was quite interesting. <laughs> um, after they crossed the lake, they landed at Gen... Genesaret, and they brought the boat to shore and climbed out. But the people recognized them there. They recognized Jesus, and they ran. I like that. I mean, I'm just in my head. I'm picturing this. They ran through the whole area, carrying six people on their mats to wherever they heard he was. So, you know, imagine you hear, you know, word gets out. Jesus is here, and people are starting to. I know it's very. It's very, uh, I mean, I have a picture in my head like people like are, you know, um, yeah, we do too. Yeah, we we got the same experience when we, we ran through the whole area carrying six people in mass, wherever mm -hmm. they were. right. But the most significant thing about that is the fringe of his robe. That's exactly what I was gonna get oh, to. Oh, well, you hurry up, just get to the point. So, anyway, um, <laughs> they brought him out. out to the marketplace, they it says they begged him to let the sick touch at least the fringe of his robe, and all who touched him were healed. So prior to that, in Mark chapter five, with the woman with the issue of blood, she must have testified because now everybody wants to touch that robe. That's a very good point. I like that. <laughs> so anyway, that very was it. good point. It spread. It spread. Did, that's yeah, all they did. Yeah. And that's all yeah. they begged. That's interesting. They begged. They wanted to just touch his robe. And, and they did. And they got healed. So, amen. I tell you, my God wants to heal anybody who comes to him. Jesus is Lord. And I like that Howard acknowledged that today. Amen. Okay, thank you. We don't know who that is, but let's just thank God that we're recording this and recording for the French. Thank you, Lord God, for the thing. We give you praise and thanksgiving. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.